and welcome back to another episode of Parsha Lab. I am Imu Shalev. And I am Rabbi David Foreman. And this week's Parsha is Titzaveh. So it is. And Imu, I have a little Tetzave quiz for you. Are you ready? I love quizzes. Excellent. We're going to play a little Rorschach test, a little Yeshiva Rorschach test right over here. I'm going to give you an item from the world of Torah, and you're going to associate it with something and tell me what you think of first. Are you ready? Did they do this at your Yeshiva in general? Yeshiva Rorschach what? test? Right, it's the Yeshiva Rorschach. Okay, are you ready, Imu? I'm ready. Kutsos. Ketzos HaChoshen. Ketzos HaChoshen is a sefer that uh, is used often to provide commentary on major Talmudic sugyas. Excellent. Give that man a prize. Choshen Mishpat. Choshen Mishpat is one of the four sections of the Shulchan Aruch, the major lockup. All right. And now, the tour. Tour is also a law code that predated the Shulchan Aruch, the Arba Turim. There you go. All right. So uh, now notice that Imu um, answered this like, like you know, any good yeshiva guy. The first things you think about are these great sort of luminaries of Talmudic commentary, but they all come actually from vestments, from clothes of the Kohen Gadol, because the original Choshen Mishpat, the original tour, the original Ketzosa Choshen are right here in this week's Parsha, and they have nothing to do with books. They actually have to do with clothes. So God named these clothing after famous law codes. It's amazing. God looked in the future, saw the law codes, and figured, wouldn't that be a great name? For these clothes of the Kohen Gadol, something like that. It was, it was, and, and could you imagine the honor it gave each of these people to have God Himself <laughs> name the Kohen Gadol after their books, right? So that's sort of the way you think about it if you're a yeshiva guy, right? Because the main thing you think in your head is the Kesosa Choshen. That's what I study in afternoon seder, and the tour, and the Choshen Mishpat, all these books, and then you know, lo and behold, you actually read Parshat Satsava and you encounter the original, and it looks like the original is secondary. So today. Today, we're going to talk with you about the original. And one of the great puzzles is that, you know, we're so used to thinking about Choshen Mishpat, if you're in yeshiva, uh, as something that you learn as one of the four main sections of Shulchan Aruch. You're so used to thinking of the tour that way that, you know, you never sort of stop and ask yourself that sort of lullaby effect question, which is, but what the heck does that even mean? So the Kohen Gadol, of course, has these different clothes that he wears, and he's got this apron, he's got this aphod, and on top of the aphod, he's got this breastplate, and the breastplate is this choshen, but it's not just called a choshen, you know, a simple breastplate, it's actually called the choshen mishpat, and that's right there in Exodus 28, verse 15. It's just, emu, you know, you read that verse, how do you even translate it? Choshen mishpat, it's true, uh, I would never really have thought about it until you mentioned it right now. The choshen is that breastplate with all the precious stones on it, but I, I realize it's the Choshen Mishpat, the the breastplate of judgment or the justice breastplate. Right, it's like Captain America with a shield or something, you know, the Justice League. <laughs> like, what, what exactly is that, you know? Um, it, it's it's such a strange thing to talk about. You know, it's, so, it's not like the Kohen Gadol is fighting crime with his breastplate. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. It's a, that is great shield that he fights crime with. And so what is this mishpat? So if you look actually a little bit further, um, we actually get uh, a bit of a discussion or a little bit more of an elaboration as to what the Choshen mishpat was. What kind of mishpat was it? Verse 30 here in chapter 28. So we actually hear something else about the Choshen mishpat. Take a look at the end of that verse. V'nasa Aaron, 
And by carrying the choshen upon his body, the Nasa Aaron, he is thereby carrying at Mishpat B'nei Yisrael al-Libo, the Mishpat of the children of Israel upon his heart. Um, tamid, before God always. And, and there, you know, the, the question is sort of deepened. We, we hear what this Mishpat is. It's the Mishpat of the children of Israel. But then if you think of like, gee, how excited are you, Emu, about this notion that here is the Kohen Gadol and he's got this breastplate and the sole function of the breastplate is to do this mysterious thing, to carry around the mishpat of the children of Israel it's on his heart so that it's always in front of God, tamid, always. And that I think later on or, or earlier you have that's this language that... Um, the mishpat is there as a zikaron that God should remember this mishpat. Uh, it, it sounds, I don't know, sounds kind of scary to me. What does it sound like to you? It does sound does sound kind of scary. The Kohen Gadol always walking around carrying the sentence of Israel the, or the, the, the judgment of Israel or something like that. Right. Very scary. And to think that we've got these books named after this, uh, which are all our laws. And, and what's it named after? This um, reminding God of all these judgments. It's like the last thing you'd want to remind God of somehow. I mean, unless unless you were like me and the best kid in the class, in which case you love being judged. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of friends, but that's OK because the teacher was my friend. <laughs> There you go. That's right. So if you're emu, then you have no fear of the judge, <laughs> uh, the judgment of the headmaster in chief. But for the rest of us, um, it is a it is a scary notion indeed. Um, so what do we make of this? So um, emu and I were kind of chatting about this just a little bit yesterday, and um, overnight I came up with uh, a couple possible thoughts, emu, and I want to sort of kind of sling them your way and see maybe what you and I might might make of them. Not quite sure what's going on here, but I want to direct your attention to a uh, a section of text earlier in the Torah. And what I started looking around for, actually what you started looking around for, was how the word mishpat is used earlier in the Torah. And in particular, I think the interesting thing is to think about the mishpat of someone. In other words, that's what we're talking about here. The Choshen signifies the mishpat of the children of Israel, the judgment of the children of Israel. Is there a time where that phrase, the judgment of someone, is used uh, earlier in the Bible? Does that you know, sort of uh, remind us of anything? And what's fascinating is that early in the Bible, we actually have that phrase once and only once. There's only one time, Emu, you want to guess? I think I guess it. I'm pretty sure it's in Lot. Lot's Mishpat. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it's not there. So where you actually have Mishpat uh, earlier on is actually in Exodus 23. Uh, so take a look for a second. If you could page over, I created a little Google Doc. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes over here so you guys can see it too. Exodus 23 is not not that long ago. It's not that long ago at all. As a matter of fact, it actually is part of Parshat Mishpatim. There you go. And just to, to give the context, what happens is there's the revelation at Sinai, and there's these two tablets of the law that are given. And um, along with that, the these are the laws, uh, the Mishpatim, that you should place before them. And then there's all these other laws that are given at Revelation. And here's one of those laws one of the mishpatim that actually talks about mishpat. And the one of the mishpatim that talks about mishpat is right over there in verse 6 
you want to just read it there? Do you see that up on the on the screen? Do not incline or make crooked the justice of the poor in his uh, battle, in his court case, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so who would you say this this um, law is addressed to, right? Who's the, who's, who has to be careful about that law? I would imagine the judge. Because the judge is pronouncing mm-hmm. justice, so he should not. So we're actually adjudicating. We're telling the judge that he has to abide by something that he that he has to be fair to the poor, right? That he can't sort of say conveniently that you know I'll give all the benefit to the rich and oppress the poor, but you can't in any way incline the mishpat. And over here, mishpat sort of has another sort of connotation. It doesn't really just mean laws. It sounds like it sounds like you have to be just to the poor. You have to sort of safeguard the rights of the poor and justice and make sure that they are, that you don't incline things against them, Berivo, in his argument. He's, he's in an argument with someone, someone presumably more powerful because an Evion is absolutely destitute, has no socioeconomic power. And so you can't incline things against him, almost as if, you know, in your mind's eye, you'd imagine the, the Evion is down here, right? And the rich guy is up there. And if you draw a line between the rich guy and the poor guy, what would the line look like? Diagonal. Right. So don't diagonalize it. Oh, right? I didn't Lo get that. T- Interesting. It's kind of cool, right? Lo tatem mishpat, right? Don't diagonalize this line. You have to look at them as even, right? There has to be an even playing field. You can't just take the socioeconomic power of the two sides into account. And we're we're forcing the judge to take note of that. Okay, so now here's the thing. I thought that was kind of interesting, right? So here, the one time you have mishpat of someone earlier in the Torah, before the Choshen mishpat of Bnei Yisrael, is this time, lo tatem mishpat of Yonchav And the subject of this is the judges, and the judge has to be careful not to diagonalize the mishpat of the Evion. So now think about think about lo tate, which can also mean either do not diagonalize or or do not move mm-hmm. right it cannot you cannot move it mm-hmm. right you cannot incline it from its place now think about the laws of the Choshen mishpat on the heart of the kohen gadol so it just just turns out emu oh. that if you look at you see that? I do. Isn't that wild? That is. All right. What was that about, Emu? That little, oh, what did you just find about the Choshen? Well, it seems to say that there's this weird command that I never would have noticed, um, that the Choshen, the breastplate, Isn't that cool? is supposed to be installed on the, the aphod, which is this apron or tunic that the, that the Kohen Gadol was wearing, one of his eight garments. And the Choshen, you had to make sure that it didn't move. That it was, what's a good transition for Yizah? It can't sort of shift in place. It has to be affixed there. It can't move. It can't tilt. It can't tilt. Isn't that something? That's really interesting. Okay. So here you've, here you've got this, the, the one time we talk about the mishpat of someone, the mishpat of Evion, and it can't tilt. And all of a sudden we have this, this, this vestment of the Kohen Gadol that expresses the mishpat of the children of Israel. And lo and behold, it can't tilt. It's like a, the fashion version of that law of not tilting justice ends up being that right. you can't, <laughs> the breastplate can't move. And the funny thing is, who was that law addressed to about the law not tilting? Who had to make sure not to tilt? It, it, it's the, the judge. So seemingly here, it seems like what you're saying is that the judge 
with a capital J, God. Um, is that what you, is that what you're saying? Like it's almost like yeah, that's exactly where I'm going. It's it's for it's for him to see. It's for him to to behold the justice of Bnei Israel, the the Mishpat, who's much weaker than him. And it's like, be careful with us. So Aaron is sort of like the lawyer. He's the one bearing the the verdict or the justice of, of Bnei Israel Ali Bo, on his heart. He has to make sure to keep it on mm-hmm. his heart um, mm-hmm. before God, as it says, Lifnei Hashem Tamid, and mm-hmm. and that it can't can't be crooked, can't tilt. Yeah. It, you know, close to his heart, as if like it's a lawyer with heart, like Atticus Finch, and then is it Atticus' name? It and, is and to kill, to a, kill mockingbird, a mockingbird, right? And you know, a good lawyer, somebody who cares, and if and if and if if it if it matters to Aaron, and Aaron shows up before God, then it's going to matter to God, and God ha- and it's it, it, like you have this fascinating thing. You have a mitzvah that the whole purpose of which is addressed to God to be careful about violating our rights. Well, what's what's interesting is it, it, the very the very next verse, verse twenty nine, and I think we didn't read it yet, is Vinasa Aaron et Shmos Bnei Israel bechoshen hamishpat. Right, what he's bearing on his heart isn't just the choshen; it's the it's the names of the people of Israel. Right, the the twelve tribes and, were inscribed on yeah, each of the and, stones. And, and, right, and and you know, you and I at Aleph Beta Land have done a lot of work about this notion of name. Right. And names are tricky. Right. In the Torah. And, and we, we, you know, we talked a lot about Yibum and about this notion of preserving one's name. And one of the common denominators I think we found is that, you know, when someone's in it for themselves about preserving their own name. Mm. Right. There's something selfish about that. But there is no greater selflessness than to try to be out there to than to preserve someone else's name. Mm-hmm. And what's the Khan Gadol doing? Mm-hmm. He's the lead defense attorney. Right. So it, it is kind of fascinating. And, and I want to actually mention one last thing to you, which is that this Hoshen is tied to something that makes sure it doesn't move. Like physically, it, it, there's a way that it doesn't move because there are these rings on the Hoshen. And then there's these chains that go up from the Hoshen. And where do the chains get fastened? They get fastened on his shoulders, on his shoulders. And what's on his shoulders? Two more precious stones. The Hoshans are 12 stones. There's two stones on his shoulders that it gets fastened to. And what's written on those two stones? Six names of the tribes on each shoulder. So all 12 tribes in total, as opposed to on the Hoshan, which each stone gets its own name. Six and six. Right. Almost as if you got two shoulders and the tribes are divided into six and six. And somehow that comes together over one heart. All twelve, right? And that and the way it doesn't move are with these two stones. It's very vivid imagery. He he he's literally bearing the names of Israel on his shoulders and on his heart. Yeah. So it, right, it's, he cares about them with his heart. Takes sort of takes responsibility and, and taking responsibility for them on his shoulders. And if you actually look at that language over here, shisha mishmotam alevan achat vet shemota shisha notarim alevan ashemit ketoldotam. And these are known as Avnezi Karon. These are stones of memory. It's it's like this sort of Harry Potter-esque uh, <laughs> magical thing, right? That these are stones of memory. And then and you sort of think, whose memory? They are Nasa Aron at Shmotam Aron is carrying these names before God, Ashtekitvav, Lazikaron. And you sort of have to ask yourself, as he's carrying these names, who is the one being addressed? Whose memory are we seeking to sort of jog? It it sounds crazy to say this, but it feels like 
God, because the verse keeps saying, Hashem, a memory before mm -hmm. God. Right, it does. And now, Lifnei Hashem is kind of interesting too, because in the context of the Mishkan, what is Lifnei Hashem? Right, where does God reside in the Mishkan? In the Kodesh Kodashim, he, he hovers uh, in a cloud above the Ark, in between the two Kruvim. And what's in the Ark? Two stones. The two Isn't tablets. Interesting. They're, two, right, Luchot Evan. That's right. And what's written on those Law. two tablets? Mish, laws. Mishpatim. Interesting. So what's the connection between the two stones in the Ark and the two stones borne by the Kohen? So it almost sounds like there are these two sets, two stones. There's God's set. God says, look, I've got these things that are really important to me. There are these laws. Keep these laws and, and always remember me and remember those laws. And by the way, we've got a commandment to remember the laws. It's something we wear in our clothes to remember the laws. What are you supposed to wear every day to remember the laws of God? Tzitzit. Arba Ketzot. That's right. So we've got these tzitzit on our four corners. We've got, our, of course, our four corners of the of the choshen, right, the, the choshen are described. Yeah, the, the choshen, and, and then you have. Is there you know, a is there a, a vestment of the kohen that reminds you of tzitzit? Tzitz. There is a word tzitz. You actually find that in verse thirty-six. Asita this, this sort of headband of, out of gold is upon his face, and what's fascinating is like an art tzitzit. Right? When we remember the commands of God, we look at the tzitzit. But what's the one thing you can't look at? Your own headband. Hmm. You just can't look at your own headband, but who could look at it? It's not for you. It's for anyone who sees you. And who sees you in the Kodesh Kodesh where no one oh. else is allowed but you. Only God. Only God. So I've got my tzitzit and God's got his. Wow. Right? I look at God's commandments and God looks at my mishpat. God looks at my tzitz. And look at what's on it, Mimu. Look Lamed Vav, Asita Tzitz Zahav Tahor. What are you supposed to put on that? Look at Pasuk Lamed Zion, the very next verse that talks about what goes with the tzitz. <laughs> that's so cool. Vesamta Oto Alpatil Tchelet. Wow, that's very cool. It has a blue string, which the tzitzit also had a patil Tchelet, a blue string. Wow. That's exactly right. It's got the blue string, right? And so what's this all about? It's about memory. It's about remembering. But it's not just us who are supposed to remember Mishpat. It's God who's supposed to remember Mishpat too. It's like God saying, here's my commands. Remember them. And you think, oh my God, I got to remember your commands. 613, what if I fail? I'm going to get creamed. You're so powerful and I'm this little nothing. And then God says, yeah, I know you're a little nothing. I know you're like an Evion and I'm like really powerful. But there's a law about Evions. A law addressed to judges. And the law that we address to judges is you got to be really careful when there's somebody who tries his best to keep the laws but doesn't have any power. Don't incline mishpat against the evyon. Don't look at the power dynamic and assume it's a diagonal. You've got to somehow equalize it. He's doing his best, right? And, and then there is this moment where we take our two stones and put them next to God's two stones. And we tell God, you know what? We've got our mishpat too. We've got something that's important to us too. What's important to you is these laws. What's important to us is our names. We don't want to get wiped out. We want to have some sort of legacy in the world. And God says, yes, take that. 
and fasten that with chains together to this choshen mishpat, to this thing, this choshen of mishpat on, on the breastplate of your lawyer-in-chief, of your Atticus Finch, right, who is going to have that, that breastplate that will not move, that will not incline, and, and place that. And the one who's supposed to look at that, like the one who's supposed to look at the tzitz, is me. And this is a law addressed to me, to be careful with your mishpat, to be careful with your rights. This is an incredible. It's almost like we're in a marriage. It's almost like we're connected. He has his vestments. We have our vestments. It's like a, I, I picture a wedding ring. You know, I wear my wedding ring. Uh, he wears his wedding ring. You know, there's the tzitzit, there's the tefillin, there's the, the big day kahuna for God, for God to actually behold and, and have his yeah. tzitzit and his tefillin. And, and uh, that's, that's yeah, really and, cool. And if you even think about the tefillin, like you mentioned, it's almost like there's that tefillin sort of imagery here in these, in these vestments also, because there's the, there's the, the two stones that are over the, the, you know, on my shoulders that are between my head. And then there's the, the, the choshen on my heart. And then there's the tefillin. And it's almost like God's tefillin. Um, for their, for him to remember. Our tefillin helps us remember his law. And this is almost like a kind of tefillin of God to help him to remember our mishpat, the mishpat of Bnei Israel, and to be careful with it. You know, just a really interesting thing you bring up about the two stones on the shoulders and the two stones uh, in the, the tablets. It reminds me of a medrash, I forget where, that says that uh, the luchot Avanim were actually, they weren't, right, when you picture the two luchot, you picture them as stone, but the Midrash says that they were made out of, out of precious, precious gemstone. Um, and that mm-hmm. Moshe, Moshe got to keep the shavings, like the etchings, and that's what made him a very rich man. But this might be a really interesting proof that the stones were precious stones, because if they, if they're meant to mirror the two gemstones on the, on the Kohen Gadol's shoulders, then of course, the Luchot Avanim were precious gemstones. Oh, that's very interesting. That's interesting. Of course, the, the preciousness of the gemstone, I think, suggests the preciousness of what's being given, right? For God, law is precious. For us, our names are precious. And there's a, a, a and and um, and there's mishpat facing off to mishpat. Um, we'll do our best to keep your laws, and you do our best to 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 honor our attempt to do so and not incline things against us given your great power and our great um, uh, lack of power um, in, in your face. There's a, there's a sense that we are the, the Evion in, in the relationship and maybe something happy about that because, you know, if you take that idea of marriage, of relationship, the idea of Lota Temishbat Evion is that even though we're a nothing, like you don't want to be a nothing in your relationship with your with your your spouse, you want to be a something, and if it's lo tatemishbatevyon, and sort of create this equal playing field, it's almost like God artificially creates a certain kind of equality between us, in 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 a willingness to safeguard our rights in His relationship, and maybe that too is something healthy and wonderful for a kind of spousal kind of relationship between us. Beautiful. Or by forming, there are many secrets hidden in uh, these parshiot of Truma Tetzave the. Uh, the implements and the vestments, uh, so many incredible, incredible things. Thank you, Ray Foreman, for, for potting with me today. Thank you, Emu, for potting with me, and we'll see you guys all again next week. Yes, and please make sure to um, to share this podcast with friends and, uh, and to comment. So write to us, info at alephbeta.org. And we look forward to seeing you next week. See you then.